0: Good evening. It is good to see each of you. It's so good to be back together to worship God. And if you're visiting with us tonight, thank you so much for being with us. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles Proverbs, the fourth chapter, in just a few minutes, we'll be studying from Proverbs, the fourth chapter. A few Wednesday nights ago in our summer faith series in the auditorium, we talked about reaching out to God through a study of His Word, and there were several uh... we we talked about resource books that were available for us uh... to study from and as a result of that there were several comments and questions of where we could purchase these and we just thought after there were so many questions it'd be good to purchase them in bulk and save everybody money as you're going out to do that and about ninety three books were asked to be ordered uh... if you ordered one of those books they are in and you can pick them up tonight and i suppose wednesday night and next sunday uh... but Table set up in the foyer, out um, on this on my left of the foyer, and just so you'll know, so we can pass this message once and for all, uh, the when you signed up for it, it was the cost of the book plus shipping. Because we ordered so many books, uh, the discount was even greater, and we saved enough money on a volume discount to. lack 79 cents paying the shipping and so we'll just throw in 79 cents so uh, because we ordered out of state you had no tax and then because there were so many there there's no shipping so it's just the cost of the book uh, we rounded all the cost up to a, a penny up so it'd be at the nearest dollar all the books were 99 cents so uh, all you'll need to do is pay for the cost of the book plus a penny and and uh, that'll uh, that'll be good but we appreciate each one participating in that if you would like those if there's enough interest to create a second uh, with making um, knowledge and help anyone in the study of God's word it is awesome to think about in, in this midst the number of people that truly sacrifice today you know I think about the future of so many in this group, and we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that there will be a great harvest for you uh, because the Lord promises that what we sow, we shall also reap. And so it's going to be interesting to watch in the lives of individuals the the reaping that will take place. Uh, I, I guess I'm safe to share a few of these stories, but I just want you to be aware of the fact that if you haven't sacrifice like this, you've missed the opportunity today. But it's obvious from that contribution that many have sacrificed much. Uh, This past week, I spent a lot of time around our teenagers. One teenager was telling me that they're taking their week's salary, and they were giving all of that this Sunday uh, to this contribution. Uh, I was talking with one of our widows on the phone the other day, and we were talking about her health, and just out of nowhere, she came opportunity and and the opportunity to give this coming Sunday and I thought that's neat in just a few days time to hear from some of our youngest members to hearing of some of our oldest members that are excited about it I think about a young couple that I know uh, was wondering whether or not they could take a vacation this summer kind of come to the conclusion that they couldn't afford a vacation this summer but I promise I didn't mean to look it's the only receipt out of everybody here that I know how much they gave and it just happened to be laying on top of us was walking through the office and I just looked over to see what it was that young couple gave enough to go on a vacation I don't know about you but um, I think about that made plans to give several times more than what the suggested amount was and discussed it with the wife and the wife said I think we either ought to double or triple that friends that's what makes this congregation special it's not because of who we are on our own it's because the God we serve the way he moves and works in a powerful fashion in the lives of individuals And what a blessing it is to be surrounded by a whole family of folks that love God enough to sacrifice. It's a big difference in serving God and sacrificing in that service for God. To offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And what a wonderful day it is to see that sacrifice Let's make sure that we give God all the glory. And before we pull our head tonight, hopefully several times, we will offer a prayer of thanksgiving uh, for all that God has done in our lives and will continue to do. What if all your dreams came true? Have you ever thought about that? What if all your dreams came true? You know, it, it's a concern of mine whenever I hear couples and sometimes they say it as if it's a joking fashion but they say things in front of their spouse even they'll say and they'll mention some actress or some actor or or some uh, famous singer and they'll they'll talk about how fine they are or how good looking they are and they'll say well now my spouse knows that if they walk in the door that's where I'm going well what if your dreams do come true what if that person or something like them walks in the door what are you going to do i think about when we were in gadsden alabama riverfest was a once a year event friday and saturday night concerts on the riverfront and a couple of big names were brought in every year and this year this particular year lori morgan was brought in they had to hire extra security and there was this buff a police officer that was helping work security from the gadsden area there and Lori Morgan noticed him, thought that he was very attractive, started a relationship with him, asked him to come on the road with her. In a few days' time, he's gone from his home, his family. Monday morning, he's on the road with Lori Morgan. What if your dreams come true? Where will you spend eternity? What if your dreams come true? Would it be a blessing for your family? What if your dreams came true? What kind of asset would you be for the Lord's church and for His work in this place? You see, if the depths of my heart, the desires of the depths of my heart came true, and it hindered my spiritual life, something's already wrong whether they come true or not. And so tonight, I'll tell you up front, there's not many lessons that would be more basic than this. Elementary, easy to understand, but also there won't be many more important. Because friends, what's on our heart right now will determine how we live this week. It will determine the paths, the choices that we make over the next few months. More than that, what's in our heart right now will determine where we spend eternity unless we make changes to that heart. The proverb writer in Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. We're looking at verse 20. He says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now let's kind of work through this text first with the verse we ended reading and then go back up through the text. First we say from God, well, what what are the issues of life? And as we think about what are the issues of life, He says, I can tell you where they come from. The issues of life spring from the heart. In other words, the heart is the reservoir that holds the issues that come out in our life. And so when when someone says something and they say, oops, that slipped. It may have slipped from the lips, but it dwelt in the heart and is still in the heart. Or someone says, oh, oh, I didn't mean to do that. When I was working up north with neglected teenage boys and abused lift shoplifting they called it lifting lifting things was a serious problem and you'd catch them coming out of a store with something they didn't pay for and they would literally play it off to say I didn't realize what I was doing well how did that get in your bag you didn't pay for I don't know I just I just I just lifted it I don't know it just happened No, it didn't just happen. That's where his heart was. That's the kind of person he was all along. And whether he steals today or doesn't steal today, he's still that same person. His heart is one that is willing to be a thief. Someone says, I just can't seem to have time to study the Bible. It's not an issue of time. It's an issue of the heart. The heart has no desire to study the Bible, or the heart would make time to study the Bible. I just can't remember to pray. It's not to remember to pray. It's a heart that says, I don't need God. An humble heart says, I must have God. And that's why in the Scriptures, humility and prayer are tied together over and over in the Scriptures. And so we say, well, what springs from my heart? Our actions, our words, our thoughts, all of these things come from our and so it's real important for us to think about what's in the heart. Take my word for it. Go over to Matthew 15. Now we're going to come back there to Proverbs 4 if you want to hold your finger there in Proverbs 4. But in Matthew 15, to scan just a few things that's been in this chapter, and then to read where the Lord talks especially about the heart. As we see the Matthew 15, there were some of the scribes and Pharisees that were very upset because... Jesus' disciples, were, they were not going through the traditional washing of hands. And so Jesus says, if you want to talk about tradition, let's talk about your tradition of dishonoring your mother and father by saying it's Corbin, I've given my gift at the temple. And so through your tradition, you do not keep the law to honor thy father and thy mother. And so with this in mind, we work our way down to where after that event, Jesus calls his disciples over and he gives them further teaching about this. Now, let's pick up with this further teaching as he's talking with them at the end of all of this paragraph. We're going to pick up in 17, 18, and 19 here. He says, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. See that? That proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart, Proceeds, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands does not defile a man. And so while Jesus answers their question about the traditional of washing of hands and says, it's not, in today's language, we'd say the germs that enter in that defile a man. He says, let me tell you what really defiles. And he goes back to spiritual defilement. He says, what do we allow to be in the depths of our heart. Now, if we look at just a few of the things here, we could think about it like this. Jesus, is murder a problem of the hands? He'd say, no. It's a problem of the heart. Is fornication and adultery, is that a sexual problem? The Lord would say, not really. It's a problem of the heart. You say, well, it's blasphemy. Is that that a verbal problem? Or is it a problem of actions that, that take on profanity toward God? And Jesus here would say, well, not really. The real problem of blasphemy is from the heart. In other words, the Lord would say, you list any sin that is seen outwardly of other individuals, and He'd say, instead of it being just a problem of that outward activity or words that are seen or heard, the problem is, what's inside the heart of an individual? Remember Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, So is He. Now please don't let your mind immediately jump to this power of positive thinking idea. I believe in being an optimistic thinker and being a positive thinker. I believe in that. But that's not really what Proverbs 23 and 7 is all about. When he says, as a man thinks in his heart, the idea is, do we have God's ways in the depths of our heart? And if so, we're going to be godly people. It's not just, hey, I want happy days. It's, I want eternal life. It's not, well, can we make everything jolly on this earth? No, it's, I want to glorify my God through my life on this earth. Well, how can we do that? We have to be careful with what's in the heart. So let's drop back now in Proverbs, 4th chapter. and, And let's see, the same verses we just read, but now let's go back up to verse 20 and 21. And I want to read these verses again. And let's think about what we allow to come in our heart. In other words, what's going to supply the heart itself? If all the issues of life come out of the heart, what would God say should be that which supplies the heart itself? Now, we just read these, but let's read them again. 20 and 21. For my son, give attention to my words. Now, here's a godly father teaching his son the words of God. And so when he's saying, give attention to my words, in effect, he's saying... Pay attention to the words of God. And here's what He says. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Word of God. Incline the ear, He says. Always. God. Don't let your eyes... Off of the vision, Cast your eyes on the Word of God. How does anything reach your heart? Have you ever given thought to that? I don't know any other way things can reach our heart, but through our senses. The two ways that the Word of God reaches our heart, especially is through seeing, reading the Word of God, and through hearing the teaching and preaching, and even sitting down and discussing with other people that love God and hearing the Word of God in that sense. When we think about the power, you know, many poets have called the eyes the windows to the soul. And so it is, it's that that takes in the outward things and makes it a very part of our life. And so we think about, well, what should I take into my heart? And here, this godly father is pleading with his son, always take in the Word of God. Always have that upon your ears. Always have that upon your eyes. Always let that be what's feeding your heart. And notice this. And then he doesn't say, just make sure it's somewhere in your heart. Instead he says, put it in the midst of your heart. Now I guess I've used this illustration here sometime before, but... I just use it again, just simply say, it's, it's so truthful. I wonder how many of you ladies have ever received something from one of your family members as something that is a decoration or something to be set in the house, and when you were sitting there at Christmas or at your birthday or whatever, and you were unwrapping it, and your very first thought when you saw it was, oh, me, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And then your second thought was, and because they're in my house all the time, I've got to put it somewhere. And so then, you know, on the way home, you're driving back to your house thinking, we're not going to put this. It has to be somewhere where they can see it, but I don't want everybody to see it. Now, if you feel that way about some gift, you don't take that gift and set it out in the middle of the room. You find some little spot back in a corner, preferably behind something that, yeah, it can be seen, but it's not seen by everybody. Solomon... Where do you want us to place God's Word? In our heart. Why? That's where all the issues of life come from. Where do you want us to put it in our heart? Right in the middle. So it touches and affects everything that we do, we say, we think. Friends, the Word of God was never designed for the corner of anyone's life. It's not designed to be tucked back into the corner of a heart. The Word of God is designed for front and center. And He says, your heart comes out the issues of life. What's going to feed the heart? The Word of God. And place it in the front and center where you can't miss it. Why? Because that Word of God is going to... Work as a filtering system. Why? Because your eyes are going to take in things sometime that if you have the Word of God front and center, your eyes are going to take it into your heart and your heart's going to say, Stop that. That's not right. Your ears are going to hear things and instead of taking it into your heart and later on it slips out as gossip, your heart's going to say to the ears, Stop listening to that. That just isn't right. Should we be careful what we take into our heart? Yes, this is the third point this evening. Notice as we read again, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issue of life. Keep? That's to guard. You know, sometime in Acts, we, we study about the Philippian jail keeper. What was he doing? He was keeping. He was guarding. He was providing for the prisoners and watching over the prisoners and making sure that they were where they should be. Well, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be keepers of our heart. But notice he uses two strong words: with all diligence. Now, remember, the last few weeks we've talked about diligence twice already. Diligence is the mixture, is the combination of two aspects of life. One is to make haste; it's a high priority. Work and effort is the other, so when we are diligent about something, we're willing to work at it, and we're willing to make it a high priority, and here Proverb writer says, with all diligence, keep your heart. You remember after 9-11? There were several things that the awareness was peaked, and one of the things was our water reserves. You remember how even on the news, they would go out to certain water plants, water reservoirs, and, and they would interview the workers, and... I remember the newscast. You know, what what have y'all done? Well, we've hired extra security guards. Well, we're keeping alert all the time. You know, all these things. Why? Because they didn't want the water reserves to be contaminated. So you keep it. You guard it. I want to start on these toes, and let's work our way back. There's no such thing as taking things through the eyes and the ears and saying... Oh, it doesn't affect me. Oh, you know, TV shows like that, they, they don't really affect me. I've, I've just seen them so much. Well, you know, those kind of that kind of music, it really doesn't affect me. I've just, I've just seen it so much. Well, you know, that, that kind of crowd, I know they're bad company, but they don't really affect me. He says, I want you to guard your heart. I want you to just watch as... Satan, the greatest terrorist, the heart. He's doing it. Just step back and say, oh, that really does It does. It affects us greatly. And that's why He says, keep the heart. In other words, guard it with all Let's a reading, if you will. Colossians the third chapter. Let's read the first four verses. Colossians three. <clears throat> if then you were raised with Christ, you see, that's talking about coming out of the waters of baptism. If we were raised with Christ, seek those things which. Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, that's the spiritual heart, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Why? For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ our life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. What should our heart be? Set on things above. What should our affection be? Set on things above. Tonight, I beg you to think about what you have in the depths of your heart. Maybe this would work as an illustration. You know, when you're just kind of in and out of sleep, and you know, if somebody asks you something that minute, you just. Of, mumble out the truth because it's the truth and you were not really conscious to think about what sounds good. You just say the truth. What if you're in kind of one of those in and out moments and someone says, what do you want more than anything? Would your answer be to go to heaven? To live with God for an eternity? Admit that you've missed the boat somewhere? Yeah, and and because we say, well, the greatest desire of my heart is for my family to go to heaven also. I've got some close friends and the greatest desire of the heart is for them to go to heaven. Let me ask you, if that's really the deepest desire of your heart, is your heart right with God right now? And if not, the two aren't adding up. Say, more than anything, I want to go to heaven, but at the same time, I know I'm not ready to go to heaven. Well, that's not really the depths of your heart then. Let's not leave here tonight until you're where you need to be. You know that you want to spend eternity with God. And you know you need to make that in actions, the depths of your heart tonight. If you haven't been baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, wouldn't you agree that more than anything you want to go to heaven? Set that as the depths of your heart and repent of sins and confess that Jesus is the Son of God and be baptized in Him tonight. That will be the best move that you can make right now in the depths of your heart. Maybe you have become a Christian in the past. And since you have risen out of the waters of baptism, somewhere along the way, your affection has been misset. And you need to bring it back in line. Today would be a wonderful day if you and I can leave here honestly saying, if my dreams came true, I'd spend an eternity with God. Please don't leave here tonight without being able to know that that's true. Because in the end, that's all we can determine is our own self. And that's all that matters. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.